Hey everybody, it's Nathaniel Avila reporting from Greater Orlando and I'm here with Timbrel Hildebrand reporting from Crowley, Texas. And today we're going to be talking about Maleficent since we uh, talked about Sleeping Beauty earlier today. So we're going to talk about this new rendition of it. What did we think of it? Um, personally, I, I liked the movie. You liked it? Yeah, I like it. Alright, so uh, I'm going to give some backstory about it a little bit. So... Uh, the biggest, definitely the biggest headliner of this film would be Angelina Jolie in the role of Maleficent. So she has been, she was attached to the project since like 2010, back when Tim Burton was supposed to direct the film. Uh, but then he chose not to, uh, pursue it. But, uh, Jolie's uh, desire to play the role stemmed from her love of the character, uh, her love of the character when she was like a little girl. So that makes sense. So uh, Linda Wolverton was commissioned to write the script for the film, and in January of 2012, Disney announced that Robert Stromberg was uh, going to replace Tim Burton. And before this, I think he, he, this was his first director. This was his director debut. He never directed a film before, but he was like a production designer on Alice in Wonderland and Oz the Great and Powerful. So uh, and so they got uh, Disney got Joe Roth. Uh, Don Han and uh, Richard D. Zanuck to be producers of the film, uh, but Zanuck ended up uh, passing away uh, later in 2012. Uh, so Roth said the film could not have been made if Jolie had not agreed to take part in the role. So like that's kind of like how films work. Like sometimes they need like a like a big star or some or a big director attached to the script in order for it to get greenlit first. So that was the case for this film. So in March of 2012, Ellie Fanning, El, or is it Elle Fanning? Elle Fanning, Elle Fanning. Elle Fanning was uh, reported to be in talks to be to be cast as the role of Princess Aurora or the Sleeping Beauty herself. So her uh, casting was officially announced in May of 2012, along with Shalto, Shalto Copley to play King Stefan. Um, who was then? He was originally supposed to be the a uh, half human, half fairy son of a human king, uh, along with uh, Imelda Staunton and uh, uh, Miranda Richardson as Queen Ula, uh, who was originally described as uh, a fairy queen, who was supposed to be Maleficent's aunt. Um, then they cast Kenneth uh, Cranham as uh, the king. Uh, the uh, King Whitebeard, I don't know his name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Sam Riley as uh, Diaval, who was originally uh, Diablo in the original, you know, the Raven, um, and uh, Leslie Manville. So uh, Stromberg highlighted uh, this really good contrast between the characters of Aurora and Maleficent, calling like Aurora the beacon of light and uh, looking forward to the uh, blinding with the darkness of Maleficent. Ooh. So there's that juxtaposition within the characters. And that's pretty much the story of uh, of Maleficent. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. So what do, what do you think about... Uh, how do you think Stromberg did, uh, did as his first time directing? I mean, uh, personally, I mean, he had two really great lead actresses along with a great actor playing King Stefan to work with so mm -hmm. that probably definitely helped him because he wouldn't have had much to struggle with since these uh these performers are already so ridiculously talented but um 
Yeah, I'd say he did a good job. Um, I liked all of the characters in the movie mm-hmm. and all the actors playing them. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can definitely see his uh, production design background within the film because of the oh, sets yeah, and everything. Beautiful. Yeah, it's really great. You can de- he definitely leaned into that, which I could respect, especially like uh, focusing on your strengths within uh, a film. Uh, and it is it, and it's kind of also uh, really tough for a person to direct for the first time, especially with something like as big, like a big budget film like this. So, so like I've, I've heard like so many stories about like directors who start off like in the independent scene and then all of a sudden they shoot right up to like, they have to like, but these big studio, uh, films and then they like crash and burn hard. Uh, like what happened with Josh Trank. Remember him? I don't know who that is. Okay. Well, he's the guy who made Chronicle. Um, Ah, the one with, uh the guy it's like mockumentary and he has superpowers yeah that's it uh yeah i've heard of that yeah well he made a well, yeah it was dane dehan and michael b jordan uh yeah so he made chronicle and then he right after that he was given uh 20th century fox came to him saying like, hey we want you to make the fantastic four movie so he ended up yeah make... but i heard he kind of got kicked out of his own movie for that yeah i mean he pro- so yeah i don't really blame him completely for that because i know the studio made a lot of changes yeah do you think will we ever get like a cut uh like a trying no cut? one's asking for it so oh, I doubt it. okay uh but we are gonna get a snyder cut of justice league i am excited about that okay are you gonna get hbo max uh i don't know okay so uh, back to Maleficent. Uh, let's talk to uh, let's talk about the uh, Angelina Jolie's performance because that's like the biggest thing of this film. What did we think of it? Oh yeah, she's great. I mean, Angelina Jolie's already a phenomenal performer, so I mean, it's not a huge surprise that she did great. I mean, she's gorgeous. She's talented. It was I I enjoyed her. Mm-hmm. Like it was definitely like the the highlight of the film like you can tell like she was really into it like she was really well, into the character i don't think i've seen angelina jolie in anything else except this you have never it's seen weird. her yeah that is I know, kind of it's interesting. weird but i've never really seen anything else that she's been in you know what now that i think about it i can't think of anything else either like right now yeah uh so much i don't know but like, anyway yeah she definitely i mean it makes sense she's the title character but yeah she did I think she did a great job. I think she does a very convincing British accent, so that wasn't distracting. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, she she did great. I loved her as Maleficent. Mm-hmm. She showed that dark side and her softer side. Yeah. Do we, like, uh, do we think that she, like, the character did a good job playing both, like, the villain and then also ended up being the hero? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was fun. I was kind of hoping that they were going to show her why she turned evil, but instead they kind of, like, changed it. So, But I was fine with that, too. It was cool to see her be good, too. So either or, I think she did pretty well. Yeah. So what do we think about, like, the whole backstory between, like, the Moors and the humans? Like, there's, like, a divided kingdom, and they, like, they like attack each other for some reason. I thought it was interesting. thought it added a little bit of, I guess, substance to the story. Yeah, like a, like a forbidden romance between Maleficent and Stefan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh... So what do we think about Stefan now that we're on that topic? Oh, the guy who plays Stefan is great. I absolutely love him. I've only seen him 
and I think one other thing, but he was excellent in that. And I, this was the first thing I ever saw him in, and he's just, he's great. I think he does an awesome job. Um, he's a great antagonist. He's very, uh, you know, you feel bad for him at first, but then you kind of see him transform into sort of this monster, and I think he does a great job of that. Yeah. A very compelling villain. Did you see him in uh, District 9? No, but I saw him in, uh, well, actually, I take that back. I've seen him in two movies. I saw him in The A-Team, where he played Murdoch, and he was phenomenal. Yeah. And I saw him in that robot movie, Chappie, where you don't really see him, but he's playing the main robot, sort of uh, like a motion capture, and he did a good job with that, too. Oh, so now he was Chappie? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's talent there. I believe so, at least, yeah. All right, so there's that uh, very interesting character. Uh do we like do we like because i know he ends up becoming like insane and becomes like obsessed with uh finding or capturing maleficent and we see that as he's like talking to like the talking to the wings as his wife dies yeah so like we could see like the the horrors of ambition and all that kind of stuff because he wanted to live in the castle no matter what because that's what his main goal was Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, he was willing to do anything to get it, and that's why he betrayed Maleficent and cut off her wings. Yeah. Yeah, so what do we think, like, the wings represent in this film? I mean, I guess in a way it kind of represents her freedom, you know, she, that was, and it was, and it's almost, it kind of represents, like, I suppose, the good and the evil, because she was, you know, fairly good when she had her wings and then it got chopped off and that kind of was the catalyst that made her turn darker and then when she got the wings back that was when she was good again so i don't know maybe that kind of reflects like her old life her old way of life you know good life that sort of thing mm-hmm. yeah and uh you know i was actually kind of disappointed when uh maleficent did not turn into a dragon in this film oh yeah that is kind of disappointing she never turned into did she never turn into a dragon? I thought she did. Well, no, she, she turned the bird into a dragon. Yeah, she turns the bird into the dragon. Yeah, that that is disappointing. I would have liked to see her turn into a dragon. But, I mean, I guess we kind of got it since she turned the bird into one. Yeah, I mean, I guess beggars can't be choosers. For so, sure. So, since we're on uh, the character of Diaval, like, what do we think about him? Oh, I absolutely love him. I love that character. That actor is great. I haven't really seen him in anything else, but I thought he was great in this. He... He wasn't so. He, he provided a little bit of levity, but also he kind of acted as a muse for uh, Maleficent throughout the movie because he kind of opened her eyes to, uh, I guess, the goodness in herself or um, that she cared about Aurora and stuff like that. He, he was her helper. And I also thought it was funny how he got angry when she turned him into a dog. I thought that was funny. Yeah, because, like, dogs eat birds. Yeah. Yeah, and then also, like, because he would say, like, to uh, Maleficent that, like, Hey, look, uh, true love is gonna break the curse, and she's like, it's, it doesn't exist. Uh, and then, but he would be like, I'm pretty sure it does, because it it's cool, or yeah. something. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so he's like pretty much like his voice, the voice of reason in in this film. Yeah, at least to Maleficent, and uh, then we go to like the three fairies who I believe are different names they have different names yeah in this they one. gave them different names in this version i'm well, not sure why yeah i'm not sure a why licensing issue. yeah probably licensing issue with themselves it be, it's disney but i don't know i don't know why they chose chose to change it yeah they changed them to flittle not grass and thistle twit yeah i don't know why they did that 
I don't know why either. I like the original names. Yeah. And so, uh, in this one, they're they were kind of more bumbling morons. Idiots. In this one. Yeah. yeah. So. I like, don't particularly like that. Really? Why? Why not? Well, I mean, of course it works for the movie because you know you want Maleficent to seem like her guiding figure, but man, like the fairies were the heroes in Sleeping Beauty. They were awesome. They were smart. They were funny, and they were strong. But in this, they're just kind of. You know, bumbling idiots, kind of like what you said. Yeah. So that's kind of a shame. Mm -hmm. Like, and then there would be like, they would constantly like they. It's obvious that they had no idea how to raise a kid. So. Which was funny. I'll, I'll give them that. It was. It was funny. It provided a little bit of comic relief. Yeah. But still, I'm kind of like, why do you do the fairies like that? <laughs> so yeah. So Maleficent had to step up and raise raise uh, Aurora from like the the background and everything. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, and then also, uh, during that time, Maleficent is all, like, doing epic pranks on them. That was kind of funny. They were, like... I thought when she made it rain inside the house and Diavol was looking at her, like, seriously? He goes, and she's like, oh, come on, that's funny. Yeah, and she's, like, epic prank style, and then she's, like, subscribe to my prank channel. And then yeah. I was, like, absolutely, <laughs> I'll ring that bell. And then, so, uh, we, then we see, like, Aurora come into her own, and, like, the biggest thing, um, like, her big, I think, like, her big, uh, purpose of this film is to help, uh, Maleficent rediscover her humanity. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, how do we like that, like, the, that transition that Maleficent had from being super evil to being good again with the help of Aurora? I, I thought it was cool. I thought it worked because wasn't necessarily abrupt since she had been kind of caring for her her whole life and then when you know they hung out together she began to see like aurora's you know light spirit and started to care about her so i thought it was interesting that aurora kind of helped her discover her goodness again and i thought it was believable because aurora is depicted as such as such a like light-hearted spirit uh, one of the parts that i think is particularly funny is when uh, Maleficent knocks her out, takes her to the grove, and wakes her up. And instead of waking up and being freaked out that she's in a place she doesn't recognize, she's just smiling and super happy. And so I thought that was I thought that was interesting and really spoke to her kind of like childlike wonderment. Oh yeah, and it, it, that was pretty cool. Um, it's, so after that, like Maleficent, like pretty much becomes like a more mother figure to her, and yeah. uh. And then, like, oh, they changed who kisses her to make her awake. Yeah. Um, and in this version, it wasn't Philip; it was uh, Maleficent herself. So, what yes. do we what do we think about that? Well, I mean, I think that makes sense given the trend of the movie because it's all about Maleficent. So they're all pushing on the things like true love's kiss is a lie, but they're more emphasizing that true love, uh, you know, it has different forms. It's not just the romantic kind, and also, I mean. It's clear that they're making fun of the classic trope of, you know, falling in love with someone right after you meet them. So they were kind of making fun of that, too. I thought that was kind of, you know, funny when they just kind of dropped Philip in front of the door. That actor, by the way, I absolutely love him, Brenton Thwaites. He was in uh, the most recent Pirates of the Caribbean movie. He's a, he's a phenomenal actor. He was in The Giver and stuff. So I really enjoyed his 16 seconds in this movie. So it was cool that they made us at least like Philip before all this happened. But, yeah. uh 
Yeah, I mean, I think it made sense because it was mainly about Maleficent and her love with Aurora, not Philip's love with her. Yeah, like, um, he was, uh, Hen- Henry Turner in... Yes, Nathaniel. loved oh. him. He's a great actor. Yes? Yes. Uh, what were you saying? I was just saying he's a great actor, that's all. Oh, okay, sorry. So, um... Oh, yeah, so, yeah, so there's, a. Uh, Disney was at this time, especially in the early 2010s, where they were trying to show, like, true love was not just between the romance, as you said, but it's, like, it could be, like, a familial thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, because Maleficent was, like, a mother to Aurora, and when she kissed her head, they were, like, that's all, that's true love. That could be true love, and it is. And that mm-hmm. that broke the curse. And it also kind of, like, showed how, uh, kind of like, like, uh, because Frozen came out a year before this. Uh, so, and that also had a similar thing about, like, true love's kiss or whatever. Um, except in that one, it was among sisters, and it was a hug. Uh, but it was, it's the same thing. Like, they were trying to, like, say that, uh, love can be, like, between family and not just between, like, a romantic thing. And I think that's yeah. a pretty. You think like, you think like uh, that would be a, a better message to to tell people. I mean, I think it's an important message to tell people. I don't know if it's necessarily better, but it's definitely. Well, I guess in the sense that it's more believable and more relevant than yes, it would be a more important message to tell people than the classic, I guess, knight in shining armor kind of thing. Yeah, it's definitely new. It's definitely like a a, a a fresher take on it, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So, um, like we're back to Philip. He did, he wasn't in there for very long, but no, he was there. Like he he was still a pretty good character. Like oh yeah, I enjoyed him. I thought they, I was I was surprised how they made him very likable in the few minutes that he was on screen, which is impressive because they could have easily just thrown in some other pretty actor who. I think it's because Brenton Thwaites is so talented that, and Elle Fanning is also so talented that you just kind of liked them the minute they met. It was kind of like, oh, they're so cute. <laughs> so, um, so I I enjoyed Philip. I particularly liked it when um, they opened the doors right after Maleficent dropped him in front of the bedroom, and he just goes, "I'm quite embarrassed to say, but I don't know where I am." I found that very humorous. <laughs> that was a great British accent, by the way. Oh, thank you. I've been working on that. <laughs> no, but, nice. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed him, and maybe it's just because I like the actor, but I think that he was a very likable character. He was respectful of Aurora, even in their first, you know, interaction and whatnot. So it made you want to root for him still, even though, you know, he wasn't that big of a character. Yeah, and it, even, like, when the fairies got him to try, was trying to, like, get him to kiss uh, Aurora asleep, he was he was also kind of, like, a little bit hesitant on it. Like, uh, yeah. what? Why do, uh, kiss this girl uh, asleep? I don't know. Well, like, we just met. That's kind of weird. Yeah, but then they're like, it's a curse. And he's like, a curse? And he's, and then they're oh, like... Oh, one of my favorite memories of watching this movie is I was watching it with my sister one time. And uh, we got to that part where they were trying to get him to kiss Aurora. And he's leaning forward and he leans back and goes, a curse, you say. And my <laughs> sister goes, is it contagious? Or something like that. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, we. No, I said that. Never mind. I said that, but it was it was funny. Yeah, and then then we'll be like, oh snap, we got to quarantine now. <laughs> oh, we got to self distance. We're socially distanced yeah. now. <laughs> so yeah, there's that, and I liked how 
after Aurora became became like the queen of the unified nations, Philip still comes back. And yeah, then... so like, you know, you still, you still want them to get together. You're like, oh, they're cute. I hope that works out. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do we think about Elle Fanning in this film? Oh, I think she's cute. Um, she doesn't do the best British accent, but she's a very talented actress, so I think that kind of makes up for it. She's very, she's just, she's very cute and pretty, so I think she, she really encapsulates, I guess, the childlikeness of Sleeping Beauty that you don't usually see, at least that you don't really see in the original movie. So I thought that was neat, because... You know, she was just a lot of fun. She's always smiling, goofing around. I think she made Aurora very likable. Yeah, especially, like, with that character. Because I know that when uh, the fairies were giving her the... Giving the baby Aurora the gifts, one of them was uh, beauty and the other one was to never be sad. It was happiness. Yeah. Happiness. Is that what she said? Like that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember. So yeah, so she definitely really like shows that on screen. Like she definitely yeah, just personifies sure. it. So, uh, any final thoughts about uh, Maleficent? I, I think it's a fun movie. Check it out. It's a cool twist on an old tale. Angelina Jolie, honestly, I'd watch it just for her because she's great. Yes, absolutely. If you're, uh, if you're, if anything, an Angelina Jolie fan watch this film because she definitely knocks it out of the park yeah she's great mm-hmm. and uh, uh so what do you think like how do you think this film compares to the original sleeping beauty well i mean i'd say it's very different and i think because it's very different it works it doesn't feel like they're trying to like in the more recent disney reboots what um <laughs> yeah it, like they're kind of taking they're kind of doing what i liked so much about that cinderella live action thing they did a little while ago um in that they kind of took a simple story and just kind of told a new one you know within the parameters of what was already known right so it was it was a new story it wasn't so much of a retelling as it was a new story with familiar parameters so i thought that that worked because they made it their own yeah. I, I enjoy it yeah and uh it, it was definitely not like the Lion King, where it was just a shot-for-shot shot remake. Yeah, for sure. Because I remember when I was watching The Lion King in the theaters, I was like, I feel like I watched this film before. Uh, <laughs> I, honestly, I, I, I didn't... I was working in a movie theater at the time when that came out, and they were doing a free showing of it for some of the employees, and some of my friends were going, and that's the only reason I went. And about, like, midway through the movie, I was like, I kind of want to just leave. I know how it's going to end, and this isn't very good. Oh, snap. Why don't you just, like, I'll probably just go home and just watch the original. Cause it was... I don't know. I just, I know. It just made me want to watch the original one, because I'm like, this is so not great. But um, that's neither here nor there. This movie is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Maleficent is good. <laughs> yeah. I, like... I, can't t- I can't vouch for the sequel. It looks a little iffy, but um, this one's definitely good. Yes. Definitely check it out. It. The visuals are, are gorgeous. The story is oh, definitely sure. fresh. Uh, the performances are really good. And it was really good. What would you uh, rate this film? Um, I'd give it a 7 out of 10. I would give it a 7 out of 10 as well. So I would definitely recommend it. Check it out. And that's that. Uh, I've been Nathaniel Avila. And uh, you have been Timber Hildebrand, right? Yep, that's me. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.